This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here at the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 a ticket veteran and Ortega connoisseur, Jake Bakovan. I like Ortega and I like Pepper. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. We are excited to be with you on the block here on a Tuesday. One final hour of radio for us uh, for the day, and there's plenty to talk about and a few people to talk to. Of course, Eric Strickland, my uh, co-host, as usual. I'm Jake Bokovin, and Sean Callan will join us of Husker Online here in about 20 minutes. So a lot of Husker news to kind of catch up with him. He's one of the best sources for that, so I uh, can't wait for that discussion. Uh, also, uh, a couple other things that we wanted to, to get to, but it seems like the, the biggest news of the day, and it was, it was kind of uh, coming over from last night, um, there's two, two separate Husker football stories and uh, the one is that the balloon release is dead uh, Trev Alberts announced the other day due, due to a heliage, uh, helium shortage excuse me um, they're no longer going to carry that on is it is it dead forever is it uh, maybe going to come back if the helium returns I'm not really sure but they're working on uh, different ideas to kind of replace that so um, that's been a hot button topic here on the text line all day starting in text line 402-464-5685 um, and it's kind of hard to find uh, the solution to that, because uh, I believe, you know, with the balloons, it's kind of it, it kind of made you feel as a fan as you were kind of part of that celebration, obviously. So how do they do that? Uh, obviously, keeping it cheap and avoiding the um, littering issues or, you know, cleanup issues that you would have uh, going along with that. That's a, that's a, one of the topics, obviously. And then the other one is that Nebraska football is getting better by adding a wide receiver here in Marcus Washington from the portal. Uh, and uh, the portal overall, very interesting uh, for Nebraska. Now they're 16th player with Marcus Washington. Uh, for what it's worth, he's a 6'2", 191-pound wide receiver. Again, playing with the Texas Longhorns uh, this previous uh, couple years with uh, Casey Thompson, for what's that worth. So he should have some ref- um, some sort of connection there. Um, originally from St. Louis, Missouri, uh, caught 18 catches last year for 277 yards, two touchdowns, uh, had a couple big games, 100 yards against Kansas, and according, uh, including those two touchdowns, 70 yards against Baylor, 60 yards against Oklahoma State. So those were some of the better opponents that he showed out for. Uh, if you watch Casey Thompson film, it's kind of interesting. He's got uh, a lot of different weapons that you would recognize if you're a Nebraska fan. And, and overall, I would just say to do it because you you end up, you end up seeing his uh, his tape against Devin Drew against Texas Tech. You see O'Shawn Mathis out there. And then for uh, Casey Thompson, every time he's got Bajan Robinson, one of the best running backs in the nation, Xavier Worthy, one of the best young wide receivers in the nation. Also, you can find, obviously, Marcus Washington, the new Nebraska wide receiver, and Joshua Moore, a former Nebraska recruit, uh, commit that uh, eventually uh, steered the other way and went to Texas. Now is at SMU, I believe, because midway through last season he got in a shouting match with his wide receivers coach, so they had their disagreements. 
as well. But in any case, for Nebraska, Marcus Washington, I think, is being brought in to be uh, compete for you know one of those top three spots. I think a lot of people see Trey Palmer as kind of the breakout player of that position. Um, throw Marcus Washington in there. He could be that sort of impact type of guy. It gives you a little bit of additional size to go along with Omar Manning. Of course, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, Alante Brown, all, you know, Oliver Martin, Brody Belt. Uh, there's uh, places where Nebraska is a little bit thin on their depth chart. Wide receiver is not one of them, yet they go out and get Marcus Washington. What do you see uh, strict, uh, out of Marcus Washington? Do you think that he is a starter? Do you think that they went out there and got a guy maybe similar to a, a Xavier Betts type of role that um, they're going to try to get, you know, four or 500 yards out of? And that's, and that's the way I viewed it. I looked at it from a standpoint of the loss of Xavier Betts, um, someone – that has a similar kind of makeup, similar abilities, probably can stretch the, the field a little bit. Uh, it's got some good height. Um, that's the way I viewed it, but he's still got to compete. You got to go out there and still show that you're, um, you know, alpha one, alpha two, or beta one, or whatever the case yeah. may be. You got to still show that you're one of those, you know, if you're out there Zeta or, <laughs> Or Omicron, you out there like that, you gonna be sitting and you probably gonna be mad and jumping the portal next year again. So, but but I saw it from um, a point of him being and having connectivity with Casey. That there is some there. There's nothing greater than having chemistry with a um, a quarterback. And if you have chemistry with a quarterback. And understanding what he likes and where he likes you to be, or if you're running a dig, how far you, he wants you to run, where does he want you to sit, um, what is his his back shoulder throws like, what do they do? If you know those type of things and you kind of have a good understanding and a leg up on that, then you can you can do pretty well. And it's not necessarily that you're the best wide receiver in the bunch or you're the most gifted. There's a, like, for example, let's just, let's, let's just go back to Tom Brady, right? Mm-hmm. Tom Brady over the years have had some great running uh, wide receivers, had some average ones, but let's talk about this one in particular. Um, Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman was a solid receiver, mid-tier basically. Made himself a pro bowler because of the chemistry he had with Tom Brady. They just had chemistry. He knew where he was going to be. He knew what Tom was looking for. They saw the same things with their eyes, and they were able to implement it, and he became just a great wide receiver because of the chemistry they had. He goes other places. He's still solid, but he's not who he was without Tom Brady. And and I'm not saying that this is the simple, but I'm just trying to correlate the chemistry aspect and how important that can be between a wide receiver and a quarterback. Yeah, it'll just be nice for Marcus Washington as he comes in to, to know somebody and uh, somebody that he's interacted with, yeah. you know, off the field too, can, can kind of develop that chemistry. Um, I just think that this team's going to be, um, it, it, if it fails in the passing game, it's certainly not going to be from the wide receiver production. I don't want to get overboard. I think some people are kind of leaning into that direction, talking about how great the wide receiver unit is. I wouldn't say great. I mean, when you're looking at um, some of these guys' numbers, again, Trey, I mean, they're all solid. Like, I think they've got a 
group of solid wide receivers looking for somebody to break out, right? Um, Omar Manning had 380 yards last year. Trey Palmer had 344 yards. Uh, Marcus Washington had 277. Um, Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda, for what it's worth, playing at New Mexico State, had 578, more than any of them. Um, you know, Oliver Martin throwing in his, his 170. No, he was pretty banged up last year. So all these guys, I mean, these are all solid numbers, um, but I think that they can all, you know, a lot of room to improve, and somebody's going to need to. Uh, for what it's worth, even if you're looking at last year's production from the wide receiver unit, a lot of it was the big play threat from Samari Toure, more, more than 800 yards there. Uh, a lot of it was 600-plus yards from your all-Big Ten tight end in Austin Allen. You know, Travis Vokalek, those guys will still have a say in this offense, but that you're replacing a lot of yards there, and not only to me in replacing it, is that you're you're going to expand upon that. I think there's going to be a lot more passing yards out there for this team in Mark Whipple's system with Casey Thompson, who's a flamethrower more so than a guy that's going to, you know, run and be kind of the dual threat that Adrian Martinez was. So, you know, there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of balls out there. And now I just feel like you've got, you know, especially with the addition of Marcus Washington, you already felt pretty good about that. Um, but with the additions that you've had with Marcus Washington, Trey Palmer, and Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, um, you know, then before you get to the, you know, the, the freshman and the DeColds Crawford and those guys, um, you've even got like solid bench depth that you've had there before. Like Brody Belt has been said uh, a very good player. And, and I, I think that he proved that he should be able to get on the field from time to time. Wyatt Lure is a guy that you forget about. And then again, the younger guys and, and come on. Grimes, Janarian Bonner, um, those type of names. They, they just, I think they have 11 scholarships now filled to wide receivers. Um, and I think that partially dictates and, and tells you where they're going with this offense. Not to say that they don't have a lot of quarterbacks and running backs uh, on the, on the roster as well. I think, I think if you're going to see some drop off on the offensive end, you're probably going to see it at the running back position. And you may see one or or two of those that have been there that may be just looking to get some playing time, right? That they won't waste their eligibility in this in this year. It'll it'll start to become clear as you get into these workouts and these training sessions, and when depth charts are starting to kind of start to formulate and then discussions sit down because let me let me be honest with you. I've had these types of discussions, and I believe these players will do also, where you're seeing kind of how things are going. You're still working, but you go in there and sit down with the coach, and you 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 say, hey, coach, man, listen, I, I just want to be honest with you. What, what you thinking? How you feeling? What you think about me? Where do you see me fitting? You know, there's going to be those type of conversations that are going to have with those, those players that are not kind of have the swag, that are not – playing with the confidence that are kind of just they're working their tail off, but they're just not, they're not feeling it. They're not feeling the love. Maybe the coach isn't giving them attention because you know, when a coach doesn't is not feeling you when they're not talking to you, if they're talking to you and they're on you and they're like, Hey man, look, we need you to step up. If they're yelling at you, see a lot of players take that as a negative, but if you're, if you're a true player, you can, you look at that and you say, He's, he's really trying to help me because he he's feeling me. So that means I have an important role to play. So let me step up. You know, if you're a real player, yeah. right? The ones, the ones that need to worry are the ones that are just sitting there and he ain't saying nothing to you. <laughs> so he doesn't if, see if, if it out of you, potentially. Huh? Because he doesn't Say see what? the potential out of you as opposed to the guy he's pushing to, to get better, he's, to make he, the team better. When you have that kind of depth, when you have that many people in a room, you don't have time to focus on, everybody in the room 
you're going to focus on the ones that you're kind of projecting or you're seeing or you're developing. And every now and then on the fringe, you might see something, but there's really, there's really nothing outside of workouts, training, different things to really raise the eyebrow unless Casey Thompson in the practices or in those sessions are really is feeling you. That's when you kind of say, hmm, you can see something. But outside of that, if he's not talking to you, that means that there's trouble. There's trouble. Yeah. And, 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 and so I can see that somebody in the running back room, somebody, um, you know, somebody, and it's probably going to be players that have already been there because the new coaches are establishing new rules and they're establishing new connections. And so the connections that you once had or you thought you had or you had in previous time or years or months, that's no longer there. It's been a reestablishment. And so once you're not seeing that happen, then you're probably either need to, if you want to play, you probably might want to make another move, especially if you don't have enough time to stay the course where you're at. Yeah, and speaking of time, I think Marcus Washington still has uh, two years left to play. Um, a lot of this, the, the roster reshape and, and is kind of crazy because there are guys, you know, Casey Thompson kind of feels like he wants to be here one year and go off to the NFL. Oshan Mathis certainly wants to do that. Um, but, you know, I, I think it was uh, Nick that said they had, and it's somewhere close to this number, I didn't look it up, but Nick was saying that they had 10 scholarship seniors coming up on this season. So as we all kind of look into that, one year rebuild and this yeah. needs to get fixed now. Um, you know, it, it's true because of the previous record that, you know, they kind of put together for this and which has orchestrated this whole makeover and, and just throwing all these guys and, and hoping that some of them kind of hit big. Um, but it's uh, it's really somewhat of a of a younger team, especially with experience as far as playing with one another for sure. Um, but playing all together, um, you've got some you you know you've got enough experience, mostly outside of the secondary, I suppose. Um, uh, with you know on the team on the two deep, but um, it it's it's basically a whole team that if it wants to, if it can, uh, will be coming back the, the next season. So um, that'll be something to kind of watch for uh, if they do get things rolling this coming season is that you could project this to 2023 and think, Hey man, they, they really, uh, you know, are going to be able to put this together for quite some time. So, um, you know, that's something to look out for. Also, I'm interested, you know, because Nebraska has got 16 now, uh, portal additions in the off season. Um, that's right up there with the most in the nation. I think Southern Cal has 19. There's a few other teams up there. Um, but it's not, I mean, there, there a lot of different schools are kind of taking different looks at this. Georgia, the defending champions have zero transfer portal additions. Iowa in the big 10 has, has one. And that's not surprising giving Iowa's brand. Uh, Nebraska, I think leads the big 10 with 16, but they're not, they're not like, uh, an outlier necessarily. Um, maybe to have quite that many, but as far as 10 plus, Transfer portal additions to your team, more than 40 teams across the country uh, have that, according to my count. And some of those are, you know, Jackson States and Liberties that aren't quite, you know, Division One, but most of those teams being Division Ones. Um, so this is kind of the, the question there that I have for, for people out there is, you know, obviously, granted, if there's 10 seniors next year and all that stuff, a lot of this does, you know, come up to what what's kind of open out there. But is this uh, what you expect out of Nebraska? Is this uh, transfer portal um, kind of be you know, this heavy of type of classes, fill your holes this way, um, use your NIL advantages that you have to get plug and play players rather than recruiting freshmen and, uh, you know, the guys that will be freshmen and hoping they're the next big thing. Um, I could see this, you know, Nebraska with what it's got 
in its NIL opportunities. And as long as this kind of world sticks somewhat similar, there's going to be changes. There's going to be guardrails. But I think NIL and transfer portal are, are somewhat here to stay. Um, I think Nebraska would be a heavy player in this moving forward in this, uh, you know, maybe not 16, but around 10 guys a year uh, out of the transfer portal. Do you think that that's a, a, a sustainable format for Nebraska? Or is that kind of, you know, you um Teams in the past have been criticized for taking too many JUCO guys, and so you know you don't have enough, you know, too much roster turnover. I don't want that to be the case, Bach. I think if you're smart, if you're if you're a smart staff, you use this as an, an opportunity to build, build and feel, right? Let me just say it this way: feel and build. So you feel the voids, you build off of that. And then now you grow up um, all of your. So, for example, if you're in a food shortage, right, it's going to take time in order to to grow the food. Right. So if you're planting in your garden, you planted your seeds, you're waiting on them to germinate. They're basically you're watering them, you're seasoning them, you're making sure that they're getting the nourishment they need. That's your foundation. Your fill positions like you're doing right now is to basically feed you now because you yeah. need to eat, right? You can't wait until it germinates and it grows and it it it, it matures and it's ready. You can't you can't wait. So you have to do that part and you they did it in a good way because not everybody is a one and gone. So they still have some abilities to stay the course. Some may be projecting your all shot Mathis's maybe, you know, are projecting that way. But they've got to perform. But if they don't perform, you still got them, right, to come back and do it again. So that's why I say you don't stay in the portal. You use this to do what they did, mature and grow your foundation, and then maybe in two to three years, you jump into the portal and do what you said. Grab six, grab seven. You know what I'm saying? Grab five. But you don't want to get to this number. If you have to get to 15, 16 again, it's no bueno. But they're doing that because they need to eat. They need some maturity to eat. And that's why you see them going into the portal the way they went into the portal. That's why I think it has to be that way. But it can't be a movement. It can't be something that's consistent that they do every year. It just can't happen. They need to use it as a metal, as a way to allow their, their food to grow that they planted. Yeah, because you think about it, if, if you were to do this year in and year out, you know, what's the what's the benefit of any freshman committing to you? You're just going to recruit over them, you know, as hard as they work yeah. until they kind of get on. So it'd be hard to get playing time out there on the field. At the same time, man, is this uh, has this been, uh, you know, and, and again, it's it's situational, but um, this is, is crazy. I mean, it, they, they've been able to, to fill all those depth holes um, very well you would think what would this team look like without the transfer portal you know you'd have a few jucos you you know might be able to get a guy that transferred in last year but um, man this uh, this is a complete different team and it's it's getting to the point again where it's enough uh, enough additions that it's like you know throw the three and nine team out the door throw basically throw the whole year out the door this is a complete new year a brand new team a lot of impressive additions in the coaching staff and in 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 obviously the talent on the field um i just don't think there's a whole lot that correlates to last 
last year. Obviously, other than you know certain worries that you have maybe on the offensive line and certain play- positions like that. But uh, let's take a break here on the on the block, and when we come back, uh, we'll be ready to welcome in Sean Callahan of Husker Online. Uh, we'll ask him some of these questions, break the, break things down with the latest Husker news with Sean Callahan coming up next here on the block on 93.7 The Ticket.